All righty. Hello, everybody. Welcome back and welcome into another episode of Ryan's Ramble. My name is Ryan Bennell. I'm your host throughout this series. If you're unfamiliar with me or what this series is, this is your one-stop shop for all your sports betting needs, in particular college football right now here on the Frogs War Network. I am an associate editor over at Frogs War. I've been writing for them for about a year now. You may recognize from last season I had the written version of Ryan's Ramble, but now we're a podcast. We're here. We've been killing it the last few episodes. This is a gambling podcast, though. So before I go any further, I must say that this is for entertainment purposes only. Okay, Frogs War is not a, you know, we're not promoting gambling. It's not legal in the state of Texas. What you do in your free time, that's on you. But for now, we're just here to have a good time and uh, make some picks together. So shout out, as always, though, to the Frogs War family for this opportunity. Love having this platform. Uh, doing this, making my picks, uh, seeing you guys react in the comment section, everything like that. Always awesome. So yeah, let's talk about TCU though for a little bit before we get into the gambling section of things. Uh, last week, coming off a big win, 52-31, to 31, I actually, for the first time probably in my career as a TCU student, was unable to watch the TCU game, which was a heartbreaker. Trust me, I watched the highlights though, so we're all good. I caught up. I I read up on everything. Uh, you know, TJ Carter, 12 tackles, absolutely carrying the defense. He has just been so good this year, so good. He's really the highlight of that defense, even though, you know, THT individually is spectacular, but there's still some uh, adjustments that need to be made on the defensive end. But anyway, in the first half, Zach Evans, too, 100, nearly 150 yards on 17 carries. It's almost like everybody was saying, Gary, give him the ball, give him the ball. Gary finally gave him the ball, and look what happened. If only – I wonder what would have happened if he had maintained that workload, though, for a whole game because, you know, he kind of sat the second half. So, But Kendra Miller, though, in the second half was just an absolute beast. I think he had like 185 yards and three touchdowns. Insane. One of the best performances of the week across all of college football, not even in the Big 12. So, But I did not get to watch that game. You might be wondering, oh, Ryan, what were you doing? What were you doing, man? You're TC fit. But I had the opportunity of a lifetime. I couldn't say no. I think I mentioned it in uh, last week's episode. But I had the opportunity. One of my buddies goes to A&M, and he had a student section ticket for the A&M Alabama game. And so at first, I was thinking like, oh, yeah, I'll just go, uh, you know, experience Aggie land experience Kyle field. Cause it's a huge stadium. It's definitely a different vibe than TCU. So, and as a college football nerd, like myself, I love that. I just eat it up. I'm like a kid in a candy shop whenever I'm in like a sold out crowd and everything. So I wanted to see that sec atmosphere. I couldn't say no to that opportunity. Went down to college station, went to the game, expecting to see a blowout, but my goodness, that was probably one of the craziest games I've been to my entire life uh nothing though will ever top the 2011 rose bowl of course got to stay true but this game man that was up there uh i'm sure you guys know what happened AM won 41 to 38 on the last second field goal um crazy crazy upset the, the field got stormed immediately there was probably 30,000 people on the field i mean every score inch was covered the students were going crazy it was insane but I am still sad that I got to didn't get to see my Horn Frogs catch a dub on the road, but it was a crucial win. You know, we have another big road test this weekend against Oklahoma. I'll talk about that uh, from a Vegas standpoint, how they think that matchup's going to go. But first, before that, I want to talk about 
what we learned last week. I love I, this. Is how I always really like to start out my episodes um, because this is what I. These are my main takeaways from last week of college football, and also kind of some of the stuff that I, uh, I my key points for making my picks in the coming weekend. So for this weekend example, so already talked about Alabama. I'll go ahead and start with them. Uh, Alabama is un- not unbeatable, right? They showed a lot of vulnerability there. People said. A lot of people said they showed vulnerability against Florida, but then I was like, no, maybe Florida's just good. But then Florida lost to Kentucky, and then people now it's like Kentucky might be good. SEC is a mess; they're always just so good. I don't know what to do with them. But Alabama's not unbeatable. They are not the automatic playoff lock team that a lot of people thought they would be. Bryce Young is still playing really well, even though he played a good game against A and M. It actually there was a lot of uh, mistakes by the receivers. There was a lot of drop passes on third down, which is not very Alabama-esque, so I don't know if I would call that game a fluke, but I don't think AM would ever be able to repeat that performance against Bama, but it does show you, though, that it's possible, you know? I mean, Zach Calzada, their backup quarterback, woke up feeling like a champion that day. He just played, had the performance of a lifetime, but I really do think that one kind of falls down to the simple mistakes by Bama. Um, there was a few penalties here and there. Uh, and then, those, like I said, those drop passes by the receivers, which is surprising because they have, you know, two of the best receivers in the country with Mechie and uh, Williams. I, I'm pretty sure Williams. Yeah. Now, speaking of Williams, though, another thing we learned last week, this might be a bit, bit of an unpopular opinion, but it's my opinion. And Caleb Williams is better than Spencer Rattler. I've kind of been ragging on Rattler all year, and I don't really feel bad about it. He's not He's not as good as everybody says. He is an athletic freak. Don't get me wrong. He is definitely a D1 talent. Uh, will probably get drafted. Will he translate to the league? Don't think so. But that's a conversation for another day. Uh, I think Caleb Williams is the best option, actually, for the Sooners, which is ironic because I kind of shit on Oklahoma fans whenever they did the whole, we want Caleb chance and everything. Because, I mean, you can't do that to your your guy. That's just a confidence killer. But now that I've seen Caleb Williams come out and do his thing, especially last week in that uh, in that game against UT with the comeback, oh, my God, he is special. He is going to be really good for Oklahoma. Uh, annoyingly good, actually, because I'm tired of them having the, fucking, the top-tier quarterbacks every goddamn year. But anyway... I think maybe actually uh, one thing I I wrote down about Spencer Rattler too is I'm just tired of seeing him play nervous. I think that's a big reason why he got benched and why he's uh, been struggling this year is it seems like he's playing with Caleb Williams like shadow looming over him, if that makes sense. Like he's playing nervous and you can see it out on the field. The only thing about that to counter that would be maybe it's the Peyton Manning effect. Um, I don't know if I'm the only one that's ever noticed this, but Peyton Manning – you go watch his highlights and everything. He looks like he's just, just so nervous. Like it looks like he's so nervous with his body language, but in reality, he's not. He's cool, calm, and collected. I mean, it's Peyton Manning. But Spencer Rattler, on the other hand, I don't think he's quite there. I think he actually is playing nervous. Caleb Williams came out like he had absolutely nothing to lose, made a few killer throws, like that one to Mims in the corner. Oh my God, that was beautiful. But now that is. Something that's why what we're applying to this weekend because I'm scared that Caleb Williams might uh dookie on the Horn Frog secondary, but we'll see. We'll see. Moving over to the SEC now, 
Uh, Kentucky talked about it last week a little bit that they may be serious, and I think they are serious. I think they are a legitimate dark horse in the SEC. Um, they had a 21, 21 point win over LSU last week, and they looked really good while doing so. Six and zero right now, number eleven ranking, which is the highest for Kentucky that I can remember it in a long, long time. But this weekend is probably their toughest test of the year. They are going on the road to play number one, the new number one, Georgia, and they're currently 21.5 point underdogs. We do actually have a play on this game, so stay tuned. I'm going to be talking about that. It's going to be one of the first ones I get into once I get into my card. But Kentucky, regardless of whether they get blown out by Georgia, I think they could do some damage elsewhere, just maybe not Georgia because Georgia looks like the impenetrable force that we thought Alabama would be. I mean, that defense. Uh, I, well, speaking of Georgia, there's another um, another you know interesting point I, I thought of last week was that I really think Georgia's the only concrete playoff team. Like, you look at the top 25, you look at the top 10, they are the only team where I look at them and I'm like, yes, that is a complete, well-rounded, that is a playoff team right there. I don't see that elsewhere. I mean, maybe Cincinnati. I would like to say Cincinnati. But being realistic, the playoff committee is going to just, you know, I, I actually, no, I had a bad joke. I shouldn't say it. But they're going to favor the SEC. They're going to favor the Power Five. And they're probably going to screw over Cincinnati yet again, even if they finish 12-0. and 0. But So I'm just being realistic with that. Uh, but Georgia, though, they really do look like the best, the best team by far. I mean, obviously, they're the number one team. But they covered a 17.5-point spread against Arkansas. 15 point spread against Auburn, which those are big spreads against good teams. And they gave up 33 points through six games this year. That's insane. That's the number one average defense. Uh, they're giving up an average or number one ranked defense, excuse me. And they're giving up an average of 5.5 points per game, which is absurd. I, I'm dreaming of that right now with the way TCU season is gone. Oh man, they it's it's annoying how good that defense is. But no, I think they they really are the only one that belongs in their ranking. And that brings me to my next point. This is possibly the weakest top 25 that I can remember in a long, long time. Iowa at number two, don't get me wrong, Iowa's a really good team, but they also only won that game against Penn State because Sean Clifford got injured and had, couldn't play the rest of the game and led to a Hawkeye comeback. But Iowa at number two, I don't know if they're really a number two team. I mean, their offense is what, like below 100th ranked in off offensive efficiency? Not good. Their defense is carrying them, which, I mean, it's working out for Georgia, but their their offense is way better than Iowa's. Uh, and then another one, too, Michigan State at 10. They haven't played anybody, really. They, they're 6-0, yeah, but they haven't really played anybody yet. They They're playing Indiana on the road this week. Have a pick on that game. Stay tuned. But they have a big, big, big test next weekend when they go to the big house and play Michigan. So we'll see. We'll see. But I don't know. At number 10, that's a stretch. Another stretch. Not to dog on our, our friends in the Big 12 here, but Oklahoma State at number 12? I don't know, man. I mean, I know they're playing more defensive-minded football. It seems like a new brand for uh, the Cowboys, but I'm not buying a number 12 ranking. I would say more so like, 20 you know but and another one too kentucky even though they're six and zero, are they really the number 11 team are they really that good yeah 
Wake Forest is another one too. They're six and zero out of the week, horribly weak ACC conference, and they still have yet to really play anybody. I think their biggest games have been against uh, Florida State and Syracuse, and they beat Syracuse in overtime. So Wake Forest is sixteen. Yes, they deserve to be ranked, of course, but will it hold up? That's what I'm curious to see. And then also just looking at like the top six, top ten, you know, the playoff contenders. Alabama just lost. They showed vulnerability. Ohio State showed vulnerability. They lost to Oregon. And, I mean, I know they've been kicking ass, but they've also been playing bad teams like Maryland. And Oklahoma, too. I mean, Oklahoma, every single game they've won has been a one-possession game. That's insane. Oklahoma's bound to fall at some point. Hopefully, it is this weekend. But before we get into that, though, one more thing we learned from last week was that San Jose State's magic has run out. They're the former Mountain West champions last year, 7-0, undefeated, are now 3-3. Three and three. They lost by 18 to a sluggish Colorado State team. Hate to see it. They were one of my favorite underdog teams to ride with, but seems like the luck has run out. So really not much to apply to my bets on that because I've been kind of avoiding San Jose State's lines after week one. But it's just sad. It's sad to see. You know, I want to see San Jose State win. All righty. Now, oh, oh, I almost forgot. Let's talk about last week's picks. Ah, while we're on the topic of last week, we finished not great, but positive. Six and five and two. Um, you know, it's not the best in the world, but hey, a winning record is a winning record. That brings me to 42, 34, and two pushes on the year. That's four winning weekends in a row. Let's make it five this Saturday. Uh, I do kind of find it ironic that I haven't had a push up until this week. And both of my pushes came in tier one. I went two and one and two last week in my tier one picks, which, hey, still positive. That's all that matters. As long as we're above 50%, we're in the green. That's what we're striving for. So talking about some of those picks, I had Bama actually covering the spread against uh, A&M. And I had the over 50 and a half, which that hit with ease. But uh, obviously I went one and one on that, but I didn't even care. The game was just so cool. I really didn't even care. I had my, my one system play of the week failed me. San Diego state covered a big 19 and a half point spread at home against New Mexico. They won 31 to seven. I was really riding on the Lobos to at least get one cover. Cause I think they're Oh, six against the spread. Now that's bad. But another thing of last week is I realized I am a wizard with Syracuse bets. I just need to bet every Syracuse game, which I am this weekend again. I think I'm like four and one on Syracuse picks, maybe three and one. I could be, you know, overshooting myself, but I, I've only lost one over under, and that was in the Rutgers game. Other than that, I'm all in on Syracuse. I'm, I'm playing it down to the T with the Qs. So you might want to tail me on those ones. Hit that over 57 last week with ease. I think they broke it by like 20 points in the overtime game. Oh, this one, this next one's sad to me. Virginia Tech. Oh, we all know how much I hate Notre Dame. I don't even need to go down the spiel again. Virginia Tech was at Lane Stadium at home. They had it. They had the game, and they blew it in the fourth quarter. Notre Dame came away with a three-point win on the road. I really wanted VT to win, really wanted them to cover. Couldn't get it done. It is what it is. And then last but not least on my betting card from last week, that Iowa win. I had Iowa money line minus 130 in my tier one, but I kind of feel bad. I mean, that was a cheeky win. They really should not have won that game. It was looking doomy and gloomy in the second quarter when I think it was 
17 to seven at one point. And with Iowa's offense being down by 10 points, that's, that is doom and gloom. You know, Iowa's offense is not geared towards making a comeback. They're geared towards getting up, getting points when they can, and then relying on their defense to just ram it down the offense's th- I don't even know how it works, but somehow the defense rams it down the offense's throat. Don't ask me. That's how Iowa does it. Um, but no, I, I think I kind of felt bad for winning that one, but at the same time, a win's a win. You know, win is a win. Uh, don't want, don't ever want to see a player get injured, though. I hope Sean Clifford is okay. He is he's he's one of my favorite quarterbacks in the Big 12 or not Big 12. Oh, oh excuse me, Big 10. Jeez, but oh my god, what have I done? I just got this. I don't know. I'm playing with a bottle opener on my finger. I just got it stuck. Disregard me and my child childish antics. But now that's it for last week's picks. Uh, I'll be tracking my tier record soon. As I said earlier, I'm 42, 34, and 2 on the year. Uh, about eight units positive, depending on how much you're playing or how much you know, you're know you putting on these lines or if you're just doing you know one unit straight for each line. But soon I'll be tracking the records for each tier to give you a better idea of maybe where my confidence is. I'm hoping that my best record will be tier one and worst record will be tier three. Like, I mean, I'm hoping that's just how it works out. That's how it should work out because that's how I designed it to work out. But sports betting doesn't always work out the way you want it to. That's just part of the beauty. (coughs) Excuse me. No, but let's talk about that TCU OU game from the eyes of Vegas. So Oklahoma opened as 11 point or actually 10 and a half point favorites. But that line has moved all the way towards Oklahoma as minus 13 and a half point favorites. The Sooners have been getting a lot of public praise. And I'm assuming it's because Caleb Williams might be getting the start over under. On the other hand, is set at 63, which if I was going to make a play again, I try to stay away from TCU games because of potential bias. But if I was going to make a play, I would really I like both lines here. I like the over of 63. Um, it's going to be probably another shootout based on the way uh, both teams have played recently. And if Caleb Williams plays, I think that'll be another big factor. But I also really, really like TCU to cover a 13 and a half point spread. But the option to buy half a point and get that line at plus 14 with a little bit of extra juice at like minus 120, minus 130 odds would be worth it. I think TCU can, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and say, I think TCU is going to win the game. But I will sit here and say that I think TCU can lose the game by less than 14 points, uh, con- especially considering Oklahoma has what, like I said earlier, they've won every game has been a one possession game. So I really, really don't see them blowing us out, even though it's a home game for them. I don't see them blowing us out. We always play them tough in Norman, too. The Frogs always play tough in Norman. Oh, all right. Getting riled up now thinking about that, but. Let's get into this week's card, the moment we've all been waiting for, starting off with Tier 3. But first things first, I need a sip of water. Got to refresh. Got to refresh the, uh, what are they called? The the nodule? I don't know. Vocal nodules? Whatever. You get my point. All righty. Tier 3, starting off, if you don't know how the tier system works... Tier three are my lowest confidence picks for the weekend. Moving on up to tier one, where that is my most confident favorite picks, my locks, you could say. I actually don't have a lot of picks this week. I think I have, let me see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, 
9, 10, 11. Yeah, only 11 picks. Okay, so, oh, damn, I forgot to make another parlay pick. We might make a last-minute parlay pick and throw it into the blog. Stay tuned. Check the blog version. I might add in a parlay, a money line parlay. But for now, let's get into these straight bets. I only have one over-under on this entire thing. I'm going a lot of spreads this week. I really like the underdogs, which you'll find out. A lot of situational plays. So first one, I was already talking about the Aggies, hyping them up. But I'm actually going to fade the Aggies and give me Missouri plus 10.5 at home against the Aggies. Now, I really want to put this one in Tier 1. I almost put it from Tier 3 to Tier 1. 10 points is a lot of points, all right, for a spread, especially in an SEC game and a road game for AM where they struggled on the road. They just lost to Mississippi State on the road two weeks ago. This line was originally set at AM minus eight, eight point favorites. But after huge public um, favoring, I'm talking over 80% of the bets are siding with the Aggies to cover the spread. The line has moved all the way to plus 10 and a half, which is just. Chef's kiss. That's beautiful. I would much rather have 10 and a half than plus eight for Mizzou. Uh, this is going, obviously it's going to be a hot pick for the Aggies after beating Bama. Everybody thinks they're, they look better. Everybody thinks they're going to be a new team, but no, I think they just showed up in, in one of the biggest games of the year. Jimbo wanted to beat Bama. They had that game circled on their calendar forever. Ever since the moment last season ended, they've been thinking about that Bama game. Especially Jimbo, you know, all those golf references, talking shit with Nick Saban. But no, I mean, yes, AM is the better team here. They have, but remember, you got to remember, they still are on their backup quarterback. Calzada played the game of his life against Bama, but he looked like shit against Mississippi State two weeks ago. And they're also on the road, like I said, where they lost two weeks ago. So it's situational. I think this is one where you got to use your brain, not your heart, even if you think AM is going to win by a lot. It's not a smart bet when you look at all the you know the public bets, the numbers, and also Mizzou. Sometimes you can kind of construe this whichever way you want. Some people like to look at it as Mizzou is 0-6 against the spread, which means they're going to continue losing against the spread. But in this instance, I'd like to say that Mizzou is 0-6 against the spread, which means they're due to cover. And this is a perfect spot for them to cover. Vegas is going to make a lot of money on this one if Mizzou covers, and so are we. I'm tailing this one. All right. Oh, also, too, Mizzou only lost to uh, – they're re- and they're only like two – they only two losses were BC, Kentucky, and lost by seven points each on the road. So that's not too shabby if you ask me, especially whenever you consider Kentucky as a number 11-ranked team. Boston College looked much improved, looks much improved, I mean, this season, but – Yeah, speaking of Kentucky, that is actually our next pick. So moving on, I'm going Kentucky plus 21.5 at Georgia. I'm doing it. I'm taking the ballsy pick. I'm probably going to regret this. This might be a stupid pick. But like I said with the last line, I thought 10 points is a lot of points. 21 points is an immense amount of points for a top 11 matchup. This is number one against number 11 we're talking about. So. Kentucky is going to – I'm relying on that defense. Kentucky has a top 20 defense, probably the best defense that Georgia has gone up against this year. Meanwhile, Georgia has, without a doubt, the number one shutdown defense in the country. So curious to see if Kentucky is even going to be able to score on them. Like I said, they're averaging 5.5 points per – giving up 5.5 points per game. So it's going to be really hard for Kentucky to score. Um 
but they, their offense exploded last week against LSU. And I'm hoping maybe that can translate over against the Bulldogs. And I'll tell you this, Kentucky's going to show up for this game. Uh, even though it's a road game, a really tough place to play against a really worthy opponent. The odds are in their favor for sure. Uh, but they're going to show up for this game because they want to prove their worth. I mean, they're 6-0. and They're the number 11 team. Being 21-point underdogs in this kind of matchup is kind of disrespectful. And they're going to want to prove themselves. So will they win this game? No. But I think they will come out here and have the best performance against Georgia of any team we've seen this year. Famous last words, right? I was really confident against Arkansas with Arkansas against them, but you know, who knows? We'll see. Could be eating my words by the end of the weekend. Next up in tier three is the only over under pick of this weekend for me. I'm going with Texas Tech at Kansas. Ironically, the under 68. This is a pretty high over under. I think Texas Tech could score 50 points by themselves and Kansas will still struggle to get a first down, let alone even 10 points by themselves. They're currently averaging seven points per game against Big 12 opponents. Tech's defense isn't great, but Kansas' offense is just so bad that it doesn't matter. Uh, even though the Frogs stomped them, it's kind of hard to say that Texas Tech isn't at least decent after they beat West Virginia a couple weeks ago. So I think their offense, I mean, they put up 31 against us, which isn't really saying much on our defense this year. But they've shown some competency on offense. They'll be able to score against Kansas. I mean, if they can't, then they should not show their face for the rest of the season. But anyway, uh, 38% of the public is siding with the under, which is not a lot, which is kind of what I like. I don't like being with the public traditionally. and But on the other hand, it's receiving 56% of the money which is an 18% difference. That is a sharp indicator. It means the big betters, the pros, are deciding with this side uh, of the line. So I'm taking the under. Uh, also, too, after an 83-point game for Texas Tech last week with TCU, and then Kansas gave up 59 to Iowa State, Vegas wants you to think this is going to be a shootout. It's exactly what they want you to think, but I'm not falling for it. I'm not, I'm not a sucker, all right? We're seasoned veterans around here. We're taking the under, even though we hate taking unders because it's boring. All right, now, UCLA. This is my last one of Tier 3. I'm going with UCLA plus 1.5 at Washington. I really would take the money line, but, I mean, a 1.5-point cushion is a 1.5-point cushion. It is what it is. Uh, I think you're going to find out a lot of my picks this week are situational, and this is one of them. Uh, the Bruins two weeks ago had a, a bad loss to Arizona State at home. Uh, they came out that last weekend and had they covered a 16 and a half point spread on the road to Arizona. So already proved themselves. Now they're going to want to keep proving themselves against another Pac-12 team. Um, also to Washington, I hate to do this to the Huskies, but Washington is simply not good. They have the 114th ranked rushing offense, and they're outside of the top 100 in points per game. They're not getting the job done. Uh, they're also going, like I said, 114th ranked rush offense going against the number eight ranked rush defense, ironically. So, and the Huskies too are one and four against the spread. Not a good sign. I know I just said it has to turn around for the, the other game, but no, doesn't work out like this for the Huskies. Nope. One and four against the spread. It's going to keep losing. Um, and I, I really feel like this would be 
some typical Pac-12 bullshit, though, if UCLA lost to another team. You know, it would just be the stereotype of the Pac-12 beating up on itself. But I, I really don't see it happening here. I think UCLA is the better team. Remember, this is the same Washington team that lost to Montana at home. Their only two wins are a seven-point win uh, over a, a measly California team, which I guess I can't really shit on them because TCU only beat them by two. But anyway, uh, and then they also like curb stomped Arkansas State, which isn't really saying much. Other than that, they've looked bad. So give me UCLA. Give me Chip Kelly on the road. And that's going to round out tier three. I need to get some like theme music, you know, for whenever I take a sip of water or something like. I was going, I don't know why this is kind of random, but I was going through and just listening to some of like the iconic theme songs like college football on cbs and oh, i don't know just like the da, 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 like all the nfl ones and everything oh i don't know fantastic shout out to composers they do a great job all right let's hit tier two i gotta i gotta i'm out of breath i gotta do <sighs> breathing exercise you know all right let's hit it tier two this is my medium level confidence i only got four picks here first up i'm taking Another, I told you, I have a lot of underdogs this week, and I'm taking Virginia Tech plus five at home against Pittsburgh. I truly believe that Virginia Tech is the better team in this situation. And if you've listened to any of my last episodes or previous episodes, you would know that I am a sucker for Lane Stadium. I think it's one of the best atmospheres in all of college football, especially after a near loss. It's situational, too. I love to think the teams after a close loss are going to come out fiery. And I do think Virginia Tech's going to come out fiery at home. They're going to want to get a win, conference win here. Um, and Pittsburgh, I'll tell you, they might be four and one. They might be four and one with a couple big wins here and there, but they haven't played anybody. And their one loss is to Western Michigan. I'm really not, but I guess you could say Pittsburgh played Tennessee, but let's be real. Tennessee's bad out of the SEC. They're, they're bad. So. Pittsburgh really hasn't played anybody. I'm not super impressed with them. It is weird, though, because I remember the days when Pitt was like a defensive-minded team, super slow-paced, and now they're 5-0 and on the over-under. They've hit the over five times with averaging something like 55 points a game. It's just weird to see. Regardless of that, I still think Virginia Tech is the better team. Should have beat Notre Dame last week, and I'm hoping that that loss is going to add fuel to the hate fire so they can get this cover even if they don't win, five points is, is coverable for Virginia Tech at home. So give me the Hokies. Next up, this one is an unpopular pick because the it's kind of a surprising line. Anyway, I'll, I'll get into it. Utah plus one at home versus Arizona State. I think this is a beautiful, beautiful trap game for Arizona State. Actually, now that I think about it, let me look up Arizona State schedule i need to check who they play next weekend they got utah okay and then washington state so that doesn't really matter their next game but it is still a trap game because they're going on the road after a couple big wins you know they just beat um who was it ucla yeah i already talked about it ucla by 20 points just had an 18 point win against stanford where they covered that spread even though i picked against you damn you arizona state i'm gonna keep picking against arizona state because, like I said, this is a trap game. Everybody thinks Arizona State's the better team, right? They're top 25. Ooh, Utah's last two games. No, it's a trap. Utah 
The Pac-12 always beats up on itself. Here we go again. Utah also looked mighty, mighty impressive in their 42-26 to win last week against USC, despite being plus three-point underdogs. Also, something to look out for is, I was reading up on this, and the Sun Devils have, I think, three of their key defenders questionable to play this weekend. So that's the case. It's another reason to take Utah. Give me the Utes plus one. Ooh. All right, another underdog in the Tier 2 is going to be Big 12. We know these teams really well. Uh, Kansas State, plus 6.5 at home against Iowa State. If you can, actually, no, I'm changing this right now. Yeah, I'm buying half a point. I got to write this down before I forget. I'm buying half a point for Kansas State, plus 7 versus Iowa State. The line is plus six and a half, but now that I think about it, I would much rather have it at that plus seven. Buy half a point, put a little bit extra juice in it. It's it's worth that safety cushion. Um, but anyway, other than the games against UNLV and Kansas, Iowa State has looked incredibly disappointing, like really, really bad. A, a near loss to Northern uh, Northern Iowa, in, in, you know, an opening weekend, ten point loss to Iowa, which granted you can't kick them too much because Iowa's really good. Lost to Baylor. Um, I, I think Kansas State here might actually come away with the win outright. But seven points, you know, cushion is a cushion. Kansas State, they're 3-1 and one against the spread at home this season. So they got that little bit of home field advantage, including a, a close six-point game against Oklahoma in their last time out. Skylar Thompson, despite injury concerns, played a hell of a game against OU. He had... Uh, what was it like 320 yards and three touchdowns so look out for him too and then Deuce Vaughn as well I think Deuce Vaughn is one of the most underrated running backs in the country but he's just been overshadowed this year because for some reason college football's running back class this year is just deep like all the attention is on the running backs and not on the quarterbacks which is kind of weird to see but I'm all for it I'm all for it especially with Zach Evans getting attention too But no, Kansas State here is definitely capable of covering the spread. If they could cover the spread at home against Oklahoma, they can cover the spread against Iowa State at home. So give me the Wildcats to keep that that hot home streak against the spread alive. Now to round out Tier 2, I'm going with Arkansas first half. Remember, this is Arkansas first half only, minus 3 versus Auburn. I don't think Auburn is that good of a football team, really. Bo Nix is a bad quarterback. You'll hear me say that anytime I talk about Auburn. Uh, SEC home game, though, so that means the atmosphere is going to be crazy in at Arkansas. Shoot, I just – no, Fayetteville. I was going to say, I just blanked on where their stadium is. It's going to be crazy in Fayetteville. Arkansas is also coming off a, a brutal heartbreaker on the road at Ole Miss. I mean, they lost 52-51. to 51. Uh, I do think they made the right call. If you didn't catch the game – They scored with one second left on the clock to send it to OT, but instead of sending it to OT, they elected to go for two, go for the win, and they didn't get it. But I agree. I think that was the right call. I think if you're on the road, you go for the win. If you're at home, you go for the tie because you have the crowd behind you. So I like the call. Didn't work out in their favor, which is just even more of a reason why they need to come out this week and get a win. And Auburn is just not it. So their defense gives up 7.7 yards per attempt on the passing in the passing game, which is outside of the top 70 nationwide. Meanwhile, Arkansas quarterback KJ Jefferson has been crazy efficient, throwing the ball for 9.8 yards per attempt, which is wild. 
that might lead to another shootout here, but the over-under is set at 53.5. I don't know what to think about it. I'm staying away from it. But instead, I like Arkansas to come out to a hot start and get that first half. Three points is not a big first half spread. Basically, just don't tie, and then they're fine. Arkansas, minus three, first half, final pick in Tier 2. Now, here we go. It is time for Tier 1. These are my absolutely most confident picks of the week. We only got three of them, but if we go two for three, that's big money. I'd prefer, though, to go three for three. That's what we like to do. So my first one up, actually, yeah, no, I'll go ahead and tell you guys. I was going to save it for last, but this is my favorite number one pick of the entire weekend of college football. I already faded AM, but now I'm going to be tailing Alabama on the opposite situation end because Alabama does not lose two football games in a row. This pick should be self-explanatory. I'm going with Alabama first quarter. Remember this, first quarter spread only. Bama minus three and a half at Mississippi State. They normally come off at, to a hot start. We had a couple weeks ago, we picked Bama first quarter against Florida where they won 21 to three that time. So I really love Bama first quarter picks. Glad I didn't make it against AM. But I'm really thinking about hammering Bama first quarter, first half, and the full game spread of minus 17 and a half. Nick Saban does not lose two games in a row. He's going to have his boys fired up. The Crimson Tide, they're going to be pissed after getting upset. So this is my favorite bet of the day. You bet your ass they're going to come out strong. In Mississippi State, they're all right, but they're nothing to be, not a force to be reckoned with like Alabama is. So give me the Crimson Tide. Now, this pick next up on Tier 1 is a Friday night game. So this is actually going to be happening a couple hours after this podcast is posted. Hopefully you're not too late on it. But if you are, I apologize. But I'm going with Syracuse plus 14 at home against Clemson in the Carrier Dome. The spread is actually plus 13.5, but I'm going to be buying half a point. I love buying half a points in these situations. Get that extra juice, but it, it gives you that cushion, though. You would hate to see a 14-point loss whenever you took the 13.5-point spread. That would just be brutal. Take the half point. Make it plus 14. And like I said earlier, I've been a wizard on these Q's picks. I don't know why. I've just been killing it on my Syracuse picks, and I'm really confident about this one. They, the Orange always play Clemson tough, especially at home in the Carrier Dome. You remember a few years back, they had that crazy upset when they were a top-five team. And also this year, Clemson's not a top-five team. They're not even a top 25 team. Their offense is really, really bad. DJ Ugalele is thrown, even though I picked him for Heisman. Don't uh, We don't need to talk about that at the preseason. But he's thrown for less than 800 yards, just three touchdowns, and three interceptions on and a 54.3% completion percentage through five games for them. That's not very good by any means, not even by Clemson standards. Not very good. Syracuse, on the other hand, they have you know a little shining star. Sean Tucker leads the nation in rush attempts with 133. He's a legitimate Heisman candidate, which is crazy to say out of what I would consider a bottom tier ACC program. Uh, he's but they are going against the 16th ranked rushing defense in terms of defensive success rate. So that's going to be a battle. Clemson's uh, they're like 85th, I think it is, for uh, creating havoc uh, on the line. So Syracuse might be able to find some success passing it. Uh, they have an experienced quarterback, so they may rely on the air, you know, the passing game a bit more. 
And the Syracuse defense, on the other hand, they're not something, they're not really much special. They're average, I would say. But Clemson's offense has just continued to shoot themselves in the foot all season. So they, they and oh, speaking of that offense shooting themselves in the foot, they rank 79th in finishing drives. So even if Clemson, Clemson wins this game, it's going to be a hostile environment. Syracuse is going to show up and they're going to show out for this game in the Carrier Dome. Give me cues. Plus 14, that's a big spread. It's Friday night game, though. Remember that. Get, get those picks in Friday night before that kicks off. All right, now, last but not least, we're going to be taking Michigan State minus four and a half at Indiana. This is part of a system play. Uh, I forget exactly all the rules and stipulations of the system, but it has a 61% win percentage over the last eight years. It has to do with teams on a road win streak. Michigan State is one of those. I think they have a four-game road streak covering the spread, too. So my only hesitation here is that Sparty plays Michigan next week in the big house. And this could be a look ahead spot because Indiana has been a bit abysmal. Um, You know, we kind of expected them to have a decent season after they had probably their best football season in a decade last year. They had a solid quarterback. Michael Penix Jr. Had a big connection with Fry Fogel, a wide receiver, but they've been non-existent this year. Penix Jr. Has been really, really struggling after his injury and, I've heard reports that he might be replaced actually this week by a former Elite 11 prospect and a Utah transfer, Jack Tuttle. So that'll be interesting to see. I don't know if that'll be work out in our favor or against us with you know having a pick on Michigan State. But I, I mean, really, Michigan State's the better team here. They have the 20th ranked offense in yards per game and also have a 95% red zone touchdown rate. And meanwhile, Kenneth Walker is just a beast. That Kenneth Walker the third, the running back, he is going up against the 57th ranked rush defense that gave up 209 yards to Penn State. And last week, Walker had 230 yards himself. So it's going to be a good one. I think Michigan State, though, they did play Nebraska closer than I would have liked them to. Oh, shit, no. Yeah, yeah, Nebraska. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, they played Nebraska closer than I would have liked to. So we'll see how it goes against Indiana. But I still think four and a half is not that big of a spread. I think Michigan State can win that game by at least six points. So give me Sparty to round out my card for this weekend of college football. Um, That's all I got, though, for this week. That's my card. Let's hope we stay hot. We've had four winning weekends in a row. Let's hope we make it five. Uh, For those of you that are making the trip out to Norman this weekend, as always, have a safe trip and go Frogs. I hope we get to see a big upset win this week. I hope Zach Evans goes off for 300 yards against Lincoln Riley. Who knows what can happen? Anything's possible in the Big 12. I hope TCU comes to play, though. But I guarantee everybody here that's listening will be watching. Let me know, though, in the comments, actually. Always forget to mention this at the end. Let me know in the comments what you guys are picking this weekend, what games you're going to be watching, your favorite bets, all that. Love seeing that in the comments. Love seeing feedback on my picks, even what you guys think. If you hate my picks, hey. I don't even care. You tell me why you hate them. You can tail or fade me. Best of luck on whatever you do this weekend. I will be back with another episode next Friday. If you want to check out any of my other content, follow me on social media. I'm over at RyanBanel8 on just about everything. Or you can just read some of my blogs on Frogs War. You know, just search me up on there. But all right, guys, thank you for listening. Really appreciate it as always. And I'll be back here next week on the Frogs of War Network with another episode of Ryan's Ramble.